Hello, good evening and welcome. This is an American expat in Prague. My name is Les, and I am your host. Today is the third part of my three-part interview with my friend Caitlin, who is another American expat who is moving to Europe as well. Last week we sat down and discussed her move to Europe and some of the logistics involved. And in this last part, we're going to discuss what she thought things are better or worse now that she's moved to Europe. And finally, what is the one piece of advice you'd give someone when considering a move overseas? So without further ado, here's the last part. So this sort of dovetails into my um, sort of last question. That was, what has your non-COVID experience been like, right? And I know from from a healthcare perspective, it's been fantastic, or at least reasonably fantastic. But do you think things are for you are again not discounting the whole quarantine sure. <laughs> aspect? Do you think things are better or worse uh... for you? For me, better. Um, it, being completely blunt, m- going back to America uh, after each time I visited Europe was becoming more and more toxic for me. I wasn't happy there. Um, I saw a lot of things that I just didn't want to be living with on a day-to-day situation anymore and having moved even being in lockdown things are are better um you know they're calmer and they're you you can see a you can kind of see the horizon a little bit more so I'm I'm happy here even being in lockdown. I'm not much of a city person, so being in in Paris for this long, while I love Paris is a bit hard for me. Um but I'm still happier here and in kind of a limbo situation than I would be I think where I was in in America. Mm. Yes, I I I I understand your 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 feelings exactly. I have the same sort of I was so happy to be I mean I got I I almost said got out. I got out of the United States. Yeah, it it feels know. like that kind of, doesn't it? And yeah. you don't even know that it can feel like that until you do it. And yes. it's it's really weird. You know, I mean, when I first started traveling, I did it because I wanted to travel, right? It was just that simple. And my job now allowed it. Um, but when you start to realize that you kind of have less and less of a connection to the place where you grew up and called home, it kind of hurts a little bit, to be honest with yourself, because you don't want to feel like a traitor or, you know, like disingenuous to the place that made you kind of what you are. But you know, I realized pretty early on that I was going to be happier somewhere else. And mm. it rang true for me when I left. Yeah, I think I, I think, I think you said it very well that I, and I would, I would be able to say, I agree with that sentiment that I, 
you know, I mean, I was born and raised in California and I love, and I love my home state. And, you know, there are things about the United States for me that I miss even now, you know, uh, being able to go to a place like the Grand Canyon, uh, which is probably one of the top two or three places on the, on the planet so far that I have experienced. And, you know, obviously friends and family are a big thing that I miss, but I don't, I don't miss the, the, the everyday garbage, yeah. you know, I, and, and, and we have it here. I moved here and started teaching and people said, you know, I said, well, I moved here to get away from the current political situation. And they said, oh, well, you know that our prime minister is known as a mini Donald Trump <laughs> and our president is worthless. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so sort of like out of the frying pan into the fire. Cool. Yeah, Got it. And this and my response to that, because everywhere that I've talked to people about moving, you know, they say, oh, are you trying to leave the political situation in America? And to be very blunt, it's a factor but not the whole picture. Sure. And, you know, their response is, well, you know, we have our political problems as well. And it doesn't matter where. Every country, people say that. And it's true. Because everybody, anybody that lives in a place is going to be able to see the faults within it realistically. Yes. But when you stack the problems of what America is going through compared to the problems in other places like Prague or Paris, um, I, I see the, ta- the, the scales tipped in, in America. And even if it's not perfect here, I would prefer to be in this political environment. Mm. Even with Brexit, even with the European Union, you know, with, with all of the, the turmoil that does go on, I still find it a healthier political situation. Okay. I can see that. Sure. So, yeah, I, um, I completely understand what you're talking about. You know, I, I'm not because all the news is in Czech. Obviously there are English language papers or English language websites that I can find for Czech news. So I know, I kind of know the general gist of what's happening here, but mm-hmm. I know that I'm missing a lot of things. And so my students will tell me, you know, wow, did you hear about this? This and this is happening. And you're just like, oh, well, no, I hadn't heard that. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. <laughs> that kind of thing. But I'm also, because I'm disconnected, I mean, I have, you know, my Flipboard news app on my iPad. So I'm keeping up with the news in the U.S., but I'm disconnected from it. You know, like when we're back home, it's on TV 24 hours a day. It's on the radio. If you listen to radio, you can read the headlines on a newspaper if you're walking through a market or see a see a the cover of a magazine you know so you can't escape all the news all the information but when you're overseas like this where the languages are different especially then you can sort of take a step back and not be inundated by the minutia so that you can sort of breathe a little bit and have some sense of relief <laughs> i agree um, and another thing that you can do while here versus being in America is you can see it from various perspectives because we have access to multiple countries 
and their press here. You can very easily see press from any country surrounding you. All you have to do is look. So you can kind of see the perspective of each of these places takes on what's going on in America, which is also different versus it just being the left, you know, the left side or the right side's perspective. You can see the world's view and you don't often get that when you're in America. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think a lot of times we, we, and, and, and we're all um, guilty of this, you know, but you, you, you see things typically from your own perspective and you look at the other side and you just point and shake your head. But, you know, there's, so there's a lot of, uh, what do they call that? Um, oh, it's something bias. Oh, I can't think of it. Sure. Anyway, but it's that, it's that when you're like in your filter bubble on Facebook, you like all the things on your side of the political aisle and you, and you don't like the things on the other side. So Facebook thinks, okay, you really like this. You're this kind of person. Yeah. So then you start to only see stories and only see things and perspectives from that point of view. And you lose the ability to then see the other side or see a different perspective, which makes it even worse. Like, you know, like you're saying, so yeah, I definitely feel like not being connected to 24 hour news is keeping me a lot saner. <laughs> I, I agree with that. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's important to stay informed and I stay informed, but it's also important to not take and not consume every, you know, every word and every bitter uh, video or whatever, because it just, it's too much. It is. So. And I think that that's definitely one thing I won't miss about America is the more toxic kind of mm. environment that that's permeating it right now and who knows if it'll lift or or when i certainly hope it does but it does feel and um, i'm using this word not literally but it feels kind of oppressive you know yeah. and i'm i'm happy to be out from under the weight of that while still staying informed as you said sure yes agree completely <laughs> so all right i know we've been talking now for quite a while so i'm gonna wrap this up but all uh, right one last thing if someone asked you or told you that hey i'm considering doing this following you and moving overseas what would be the one piece of advice you would give them the one piece of advice or or well you know if you have to break it into a couple little different <laughs> chunks that's fine too uh i guess my my biggest piece of advice would be to find a place that really suits the way you want to live because every country in europe is so different from one another and even every city within each country is so different from one another that I would really recommend that you don't blindly choose. Now, I know when you moved, it was due to you have, I believe they offered you that city, correct? Or did you choose that city? Well, I, I chose the program and that's the, you know, this school is American owned since 2004 based in Prague. So that there, there was no, if you choose this program, that's where you go. Okay. So in that sense, I was sort of locked in. Now, after that, once you get the certificate, you're, you're eligible to teach anywhere. And some of the students go to places like Korea, China, uh, 
other parts of Europe, South America, you know, things like that. And I chose to stay in Prague partly because I knew I'd have, I would be here for a while part or had been here for, you know, a month. So I would be kind of comfortable partly because I knew that because I was changing careers and coming into teaching as a new, com completely new activity, the school offered lots of sort of, uh, you know, after graduation assistance. Oh. And if you get totally stuck, come talk to us and we'll help you figure out how to get this kind of lesson worked out or these kinds of things. So for me, having that resource here in the city was vital. And I, and I had initially thought, okay, I'll probably stay for a year, maybe two, and then consider moving to another city or another country to have a different experience. And I've been here for two and a half years and, and I'm so comfortable here that I'm having a hard time imagining other places so that I would got, move to. Sounds like you got very lucky and you found a place that really suited you off the bat. But yes. it, you don't always get that lucky. I mean, when I first started thinking of moving, you know, I thought of a lot of places that I'd like to move to. And then I would spend a few weeks there and I'd decide, you know, I love it here and I love it for five days, but I don't know that I could live here. And so I really recommend finding a place that really suits you. You know, the culture of everywhere is different. The, the attitudes of people, you know, how, you know, just, just the, to really move someplace that you feel like you're going to be able to fit into, because the last thing that anybody here wants is for Americans to move over with a sense of superiority or entitlement, you really have to be prepared to integrate yourself. And if you're yeah. prepared to integrate yourself, then you're going to really have a very good experience and you're going to have, um, you know, a new home. But if you go someplace that you don't feel comfortable and you feel like you have to bring absolutely everything, you know, ab about where you were to where you are, it's not going to work. So I guess that's, that's my biggest piece of advice. Uh, you know, be prepared for integration, be prepared for new things and, and accommodating them and accepting them and, and don't hold on too tightly to what the way you did it before, um, learn and adapt and, and really embrace the new of where you are. Wow. That, yes, I could not agree with that anymore. That's an amazing sentiment. I really dig that. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're welcome. No. And I have noticed that here that, you know, you, you see Americans all the time in the city and, the ones that adapt and the ones that uh, embrace the local culture. And, you know, the Czechs are not known as very warm people. In fact, there's something known as the Czech stare. <laughs> and so if you're sitting on public transportation, there's usually an old person sitting there staring daggers at you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they told us, ignore that. They're not actually looking at you. But when I told one of my older students this, she says, no, they're looking at you. They want you to leave. <laughs> but, 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 they, but they don't have the courage to say anything. <laughs> so it's this passive aggressive kind of attitude. And, but I have found when I use a little bit of Czech, and believe me, I have struggled to try and learn the language, 
But when I have used a little bit of check in a store at a restaurant or a pub or different situation, the people recognize instantly that I am not a native speaker and they recognize that I'm showing their culture and their country a little bit of respect. Absolutely. And they instantly, if they can speak English, they usually switch to English and say, can you, is English okay? And then you say, yes, please. Thank you. You know, but, but, Often, and then the younger ones, you know, if you're at a McDonald's and it's a, you know, a, a 16 or 18 year old kid, they'll start laughing at your pronunciation, but in a, in a playful way, Sure. you know, and then I will tell them, well, I'm trying to learn. I want to be respectful. And they go, wow, that's really nice. Thank you. That's nice. And then suddenly they feel like they are seen and not just, you know, a robot. Yeah. Well, you know. I. I think, unfortunately, um, and again, I, I don't use this word completely literally, but there, there's a slight prejudice to Americans who come to Europe um, because Americans don't often get time off work or the financial resources to travel. The, the Americans that a lot of Europeans interact with are the entitled and rich sector of America. So there's a little bit of, I think, a prejudice against um, Americans coming to where they are and trying to force their ways. So if if you do, as what you said, make an attempt, I think that they see that that's not the case and they're, they're much more happy to interact with somebody who is going to see them for who they are versus, as you said, a robot or somebody to, to wait on them or serve them and, and not interact with them. Yes. No. Yes. Again, very well said. And I, you know, that's exactly how I have, have found it. And even on Facebook groups here, you know, expats in Prague and different whatever groups, there will always be someone complaining about someone and then people jump on them and like, you're not in America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you, you can't do that. I mean, you know, and then they're like, well, these people are rude. And I'm like, they're probably rude because you are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just being accepting. And, you know, and like I said, because every place is different, you know, you're not going to find every place is suitable for you to move to. I could never live in Sweden. I love Sweden. It's a lovely place to visit. And I have a lot of friends there. But there's just things that when you when you when you visit a country mannerisms and just the way that people behave and not like it's bad but it's just you know things that you observe things that bother you or don't make you feel comfortable versus someplace that doesn't have those and those are only things that you will know when you experience them you can't be told those kinds Mm -hmm. of things um so you know, if you move to a place that has those kinds of things that bother you, then you are going to be rankled. You are going to be a bit more hostile and then that's going to come back on you. So, yeah, just knowing really what environment you need and making sure you get that environment, I think, is is definitely my biggest piece of advice. I have a lot of others, but that that's, I think, my biggest and most important piece. Okay, cool. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Yes. So, all right. I guess that will, um, any last words? <laughs> <laughs> no. I guess no. I travel as much as you can and experience it because it is absolutely worth it. 
even if it's only for a short period of time, the things that you can learn from other people in the world will benefit your life in ways that you don't understand until you can experience it. Okay, excellent. Well said. So, well, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about your experience and I hope that my listeners will appreciate it as well. I think they will. I think we've been quite informative and uh, yeah. Well, well <laughs> thank know. you for having me and yes. I'm always happy to come back and I hope to see you soon. Okay. Yes, me too. Well, that concludes my three-part interview with my friend Caitlin. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, as I said I really enjoyed uh, sitting down and talking with her, and I felt like she really brought up some excellent points. I hope you found it informative. So I hope you stay tuned. I'm planning some more fun episodes coming up here, and I look forward to uh, having you as a listener. So this is the part where I thank you for listening and plug all the things. You can email me at historykid at yahoo.com That's H-S-T-R-Y-K-I-D at yahoo.com with any questions or complaints and especially with any suggestions for future topics for the podcast. Also, I'd appreciate if you could rate the podcast in, in Apple Podcasts or wherever you've found the show and leave a review. It helps me to grow the show. Last but not least, if you like what I'm doing and feel like you are getting any value from this podcast, please consider supporting me via Patreon at www.patreon.com slash aeprog. That's A-E-P-R-A-G-U-E. I would greatly appreciate your support. Until next time, be safe and be kind. Cheers.